0: Hey, I'm Jesse. We're at the point in Nehemiah wherein Nehemiah's haters, Sambalot, and Tobiah, and Geshem, they're starting to get nuclear. I mean, it's getting really bad. Uh, they're starting to get covert. They've resorted to like espionage tactics. In our last devotion, we saw this straight up fabricated letter accusing. Nehemiah of trying to make himself king, and given the prophet's words to say about himself, and Nehemiah's response is so brief. There's nothing to these rumors you're spreading; they're all made up in your own mind. And he goes right back to work and says, "God, now strengthen my hands." So he's he is steady at work. Can you believe the degree of opposition he's facing? It's about to get worse. As of verse 10, I went to the house of Shemaiah, son of Dekaliah, son of. Mehetabel, who was restricted to his house, he said, let's meet at the house of God, inside the temple. Let's shut the temple doors because they're coming to kill you. They're coming to kill you tonight. But I said, should a man like me run away? How can someone like me enter the temple and live? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him because of the prophecy he spoke against me. Tobiah, and Sambalot had hired him. He was hired so that I would be intimidated, do as he suggested, sin, and get a bad reputation in order that they could discredit me. My God, remember Tobiah and Sambalot for what they have done, and also the prophetess, Noadiah, and the other prophets who wanted to intimidate me. So there's a false prophetess who's involved in this, and we don't know further details as to what she contributed, but there's other prophets too who wanted to intimidate him. And he's, he's been invited to meet at the temple. In verse 10, it says, let's meet at the house of God inside the temple and let's shut the temple doors. And what's so astoundingly hypocritical of it is that it really is the group of men who were trying to kill Nehemiah who were trying to tell Nehemiah? Look, they're trying to kill you. Go into the temple. Nehemiah knows. I can't. First of all, I can't run away. I can't just flee. He's working steadily on the wall. He can't go into the heart of the city, right in the middle of everything, into the heart of the temple. I, I can't go in. How can I? How can I enter the temple and live? I will not go. I realized that God had not sent him because of the prophecy he spoke against me. Tobiah and Sambalot had hired him. So he knew that his enemies had sent this guy. Uh, I've only had a couple of meetings like this. This is creepy when you realize that uh, the person who's coming to you under false pretense through true passive aggression is trying to act like a friend. Act like they have your best interest at heart. Pretend as though they want to protect you when in truth their intentions are hostile and they're reporting back to somebody who just wants to take you down. This is a rare thing in most human experiences, I hope, but this is, this is something I can, on an on a infinitesimally smaller scale than what Nehemiah is facing, deal with. And you're like, the Holy Spirit will give you discernment in that moment You can kind of tell, like you're not being forthright and what you're saying is not totally true. And I can tell that uh, you're not being real with me. That uh, this kind of flattery from an enemy, is uh, it's something that I pray the Holy Spirit gives you big giant warning lights about. you can tell like this is this is duplicitous. Uh, this is spurious this is not true. what you're what you're trying to do is sabotage me here. Um, that takes some guts because you risk offending a friend who apparently is trying to is apparently trying to spare you affliction but it again comes back to the bottom line. I can't turn away from the work that I'm doing. I've got to do the Lord's will. Uh, Wow, can you imagine the kind of trust issues that Nehemiah may have had after this? He has had rumors spread about him. He has been invited under false pretense. Look, come together, let's just talk. Let's be ecumenical about this. And now he's had people accuse him of trying to become king, accuse him of of telling the prophets what to say about him. Hey, look, there's a plot on your life. Come into the temple and shut the doors behind you and make sure that you leave your phone location off when you come. Like all of this, all of these conspiracies to try to stop him from doing what he's doing. Can you imagine how difficult it's gonna be for him to trust somebody after the fact? But you're, you're on the verge of something awesome. Okay, spoiler, the next passage of scripture is about the completion of the wall. So it gets darkest right before God does the biggest thing. All right? They say that like the the flak, the air, you know, the the surface to air coverage like gets heaviest right when you're over your target. This is a low point for Nehemiah's enemies. And it's gonna be difficult for Nehemiah in the future to be able to show grace and move forward and trusting people. Truth be told, he had to trust somebody in order to get this done. He had to trust his teams to be able to move forward. It's not gonna be a perfect ending. This is not a fairy tale. This is the Bible. This is not Disney. This is real life. This actually happened. And as a result, Nehemiah uh, is used of God to do something incredible. There'll be some of you as we finish the book of Nehemiah, you're gonna kind of uh, wish that the whole thing had, had finished in chapter six. All along the way, as you get, these, you get these spurious attempts from the enemy to drag Nehemiah down, you also get these beautiful triumphs. And then all the way, as you get these beautiful triumphs, they're also accompanied by these snake people just uh, just biting at his heels. Uh, and that's, that's realistic, that's true, that's true. You're not gonna get an experience of pure, absolute, unadulterated joy in this life until heaven. In this life, we're still afflicted by sin, aren't we? We're still, like Romans 8 describes, groaning under the affliction of original sin. We're just as sinful as the snakes trying to bite at our heels. It's not like Nehemiah is morally superior to these people. Just give Nehemiah a few chapters, he's gonna let you down a little bit. It's not about Nehemiah, it's about God's work through him. As long as Nehemiah was focused on what God wanted him to do, He was able to rise above the rumors that were spread about him, the lies that were spread about him. He was able to rise above the plots against his life for crying out loud. And he's going to trust people again in the future. That's a a big deal. I wanna pray for you. If you can relate to Nehemiah, if you've had people just spread stuff about you, ruinous lies about you, gossip about you, try to sabotage you, try to bring you down, all right? If you've been on the verge of filing a defamation case against somebody or a tort case against somebody for deliberate interference with a professional relationship, and you've just, you can relate to Nehemiah in that context. I want to pray for you that you're going to be able to show grace and trust people again in the future. Let's pray. God, we've seen people who serve you come under attack for millennia now. I mean, these events, these events took place 2,500 years ago. Lord, I, I thank you for the example that you give us in Scripture of Nehemiah, who's able to rise above and just focus on what you've called him to do, focus on what you've called him to do. You even give him discernment and wisdom. He's wiser than the people who were trying to trick him. Lord, I pray that you would give us that same kind of discernment and wisdom, that we wouldn't fall into traps, that we'd be wiser than our own would-be captors. And Lord, I pray that after that's done, that we'd have the kind of grace whereby we could choose to trust people again, that we'd look at our own detractors and enemies and see ways in which we are like them, that we are sinful too. We've let people down before too. We may not have set traps for people, but that doesn't mean that we're any less sinful. God, I pray that we would choose to trust again in the future, that we would show grace and forgiveness the way that you show us grace and you show us forgiveness time and time again. I pray for the Nehemiahs out there who have had their own Sambalots and Tobias and Geshams, their own plots against them and conspirators and gossips and slanderers and saboteurs. Lord, that miraculously, they would be able to trust again, love again. They would not be marred by bitterness all the days of their lives, but instead by the power of the gospel and the context of Christian fellowship in their church body, they'd be able to experience trust. In Jesus name we pray, amen.